Blog Talk Radio. Miss Clardy and Company on BTR. Yes, I am your host, Lardy Miss Clardy, and I'm coming at you live from everywhere with good news and bad news if necessary. Happy New Year's, everyone, and I hope that you had a wonderful holiday and that we're now coming down off of our highs back to reality. And I am here to be that reality check for all of us, right? (laughs) So this is December the 2nd, 2023. Yes, this is the place to be and to get heard right here on Lardy Miss Clardy and Company on Blog Talk Radio. Tonight, we have a great show for you. And the subject matter is life after a stroke, and with Winoa Clardy. This is the call-in number. Call in at 845-277-9302. That number again is 845-277-9302. You can listen in or click option option two if you want to speak with me or the guest. There will be a Q&A question session to make your comments and questions known. Everyone gets two minutes, giving room for others to have time to speak. Get your coffee, tea, and whatever else that you're eating or whatever. Let's ride the waves, and I'll be back after this. Yes, I will.
and this discussion is about life after stroke. And without further ado, let's introduce my guest to be on the show, and we want to give her uh, a warm and hearty welcome, and we want to just bless her and give her the best ever. So give warm claps Miss Winona, are you here on the show with me? Yes, I am. Okay. Well, welcome to Lardy Miss Clardy and Company on Blog Talk Radio. Very pleased to help have you here. We're happy that you are here today. And so we just want to make sure that your your stay with us momentarily is on on a blessing because it's a blessed moment to have you here to tell your story, right? So yeah, we're gonna just get right well, we just gonna get right on into it. Would you like that? <laughs> we would get right on into this. Yes. Okay, let's get uh-huh. it in. Okay, let's mm-hmm. get to it. Well, I have a question. I have a couple questions, right? And so for okay. any of the hearers that are out there, you want to call in, have something to say, please call in at this number of 845-277-9302. The number again is 845-277-9302. So the first question for you is this. Well, we want to know, tell us about you. Tell us, uh, tell us about you you know, about you as the person. How, who are you? How are you? And tell us about you. Okay, well, first of all, I'm a good God-fearing woman. Second, I'm 65 years old, and um, I've been through a lot of things in my life, you know. Some things I'm proud of, some things I'm not proud of. Um, mm-hmm. I have a family, and, you know, I've lived life on life's terms. I've done yes. a lot of things in my life that I wasn't proud of, but, you know, I've overcome a lot of things, too. I've lived a lifestyle that might have been, you know, as most of us did, and I sh- I'm not pointing the finger at anybody. I'm just pointing it at myself. There's some things yes. that I shouldn't have done in my life, you know, extra recreational, as they call it, but on the most, you know, just trying to live a, live a good, healthy, fun-loving, caring type of life. Amen. That's a blessing to hear. Yes. I mean, well, you're not by mm-hmm. yourself just because, you know, um, there's many of us out here that have, you know, past that we're not proud of, but we're not what we call so so embarrassed about them that we cannot talk about them because why we've overcome them. Just like you said, you're an overcomer. And that's why you're here on this show, because you want to show that you have overcome something and you don't want to hide that story and you want it to, you know, help someone. So, you know, Mm -hmm. you are welcome here. Ain't no judgments here, honey. So welcome Mm -hmm. here. Okay. In the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Thank you. And so I'll ask you the second question. What was going on in your life before the stroke happened to you? Um, Basically I was, um, going through a lot of stress, 
guess is this what you're talking about? Mm-hmm. Um, I had just recently lost my husband of 33 years, and though we were separated, I didn't realize still how important he was to me or how much I loved him or how much of an mm-hmm. impact it would have on me. It really mm-hmm. took a toll. Then along yeah. with the loss of the husband came a lot of, um, you know, there might be lost some, some words I can't remember, but how do you say a lot of um, red paperwork, red red, red, red uh, paperwork, you know, everything, you know, as far as insurance, red as far as, mm-hmm. you know, as you know, far as funeral arrangements, as far as travel, as far as family, as far as, you know, right. anything you can imagine that comes along with death was yes. going on with me. And I was basically here by myself. Though I had family and other people to reach out to, it was from a distance. Yes. But not here actually in person with me. So it kind of really, I felt like I was alone, you know, and I I, I pulled closer and closer to God, you know. Um, Reverted back to some things I shouldn't have done to try to deal with it instead of, you know, as we all do, we fall back into that trap when we're trying to forget about things. And um, all it took was one or two times for me to make me vulnerable, you understand, to make me make myself mm-hmm. all the time with the stress and and everything else, you know, to take this toll and effect on me for my breakdown, as you could say. I can I can't actually say I had a nervous breakdown, but maybe I had a mental breakdown, semi. Right. Small, yeah. Right. And I just was I was just um going on a survival mode. You know, from what I have known from the past when people have died into my, you know, died in my life, past, you know, have passed on, and I just relied on what I knew and what I had already experienced. But right. it's still, it's nothing compared to when it's actually a spouse. Right. Mm-hmm. Regardless if we're together or not. And that was right. that was my thing. And the main thing, I, to me, it, it was a, a spiritual, really, really deep spiritual Thing that really affected me because I didn't know if my husband had came back to choose the life, you know, to choose Christ to be in his life because it was a time that he had denied Christ. And mm-hmm. when I first heard the news, the only thing I could think of was, uh, did he go to hell? Is it, you know, I, right. I, I cried for his spirit. I, I intervened for his spirit. I cried yes. out to the Lord. I asked people to pray with me. I you know, just ask God. You know, I try to make some changes with God and favors with God just to say, please give the man a chance if he didn't. Or just, I needed peace of mind to know that he had given his life back to Christ. And it was killing okay. me to literally think that he might have not made it. So, with that to say, you know, you had a lot of pent up stuff that, you know, you didn't get a chance from what I'm listening to is that you had a lot of, you know, small thoughts, well, big thoughts of things that was not finished or was not talked about and or was not um, panned out between you two. So when his death became what we would call a surprise in some ways to you, you, you know, there was a lot of things that were in you that you were feeling um, and, and, and that what really brought on your anxiety 
um, you know, about mm-hmm. him, you know, cause she hadn't, mm-hmm. you know, got a chance to talk to him, to say, I love exactly. you, whatever the parts were that was involved. But all of that was a part to do with why you ended up sick yeah. and, you know, what brought exactly. you down to, yeah, brought you down to the wire of being sick. And so yeah. these were the things that were happening to you before the stroke actually did. So when did you notice that something wasn't going right with your body? Uh, what, what, what type of symptoms were you going through, uh, you know, with your body, you know, that, that you was paying attention to with all of these thoughts that was in your heart and mind, tears and all that you went through, through the travel and everything. And then when you got back home, wham, what happened? What was going on with your body? Well, first of all, Wendy, um, I didn't know that symptoms I was having were actually happening. And is this what you uh-huh. mean? Like, what was I feeling? Okay. Yeah, I that's exactly. What symptoms were you feeling with your body? No, you wouldn't have known. But what were okay. they? Because I remember, you know, uh, at a time that we were talking, you were telling me, you know, things were going on with your with mm-hmm. your with your with your body and you know now I'm mm-hmm. thinking that you might not got any much rest but you know that's right. the part mm-hmm. that's the part that we're well, talking about first of all yeah. I was mentally deranged okay I was over emotional everything to me was um I couldn't make a decision whether to eat uh <laughs> beef or, or chicken this is how bad it okay. got or you <laughs> eat it all Okay. Right. I, and seriously, I could little decisions I couldn't make. Everything was just oversized to me. You mm-hmm. know, blowed up. I don't care what right. it was. You know, if I I couldn't rest, mm-hmm. I was up and down in the bed and stuff like that. You know, and then I was going through a lot. You know, after the you funeral know, with you know with you know family members and stuff like that. I was just yeah. I was mentally deranged. I noticed though that um, I was like besides the fatigue and that some I was having like maybe like a, I was kind of like hyperventilating a little bit like couldn't catch my breath right and I felt like I had to say things I had to say what I wanted to say because mm-hmm. it was like I wasn't being able to express myself because you know some people can't handle you know hearing those stories or some people feel like you should be stronger than that, especially if you've been a strong person or some people yes. feel like you're overreacting or you're putting on a show, but it wasn't that way for me. And then I noticed I was having hiccups for some reason, mm-hmm. you know, you know, I, I'd have hiccups, for, you know, a few times in the day. Yeah. Well, that's weird. I said, well, maybe, you know, I don't know, maybe something I ate or, you know, I, I didn't know. I didn't pay much attention to it. And then, you know, like I said, the shortness of, of breath, like, you know, just like, you know, I go to talking and I feel like um, I just had to talk really fast for some reason. I was like, I guess that would be the anxiety. Right. And then the fear, and I was going through the fear of losing everything I had. Oh, wow. The fear type of thing. That was, that was yeah. involved in that too? Yeah, yeah, yeah because I was, I was worrying about my finances. And the big uh-huh. thing is that I didn't get a chance to say goodbye to my husband. And right. I, did, I, felt, I felt robbed because he had been sick for almost a year. And I, nobody, they kept it a secret from me. Everybody was in on it. You know, like whatever you do, don't tell my wife. Whatever you do, don't tell your mom. Whatever you do, 
And when I found out how he had went through cancer and heart attack and, you know, a few other things, I just, um, you know, and chemo and stuff, and I can't believe, you know, but that was his desire. But I guess you could say he loved me or not. To, you know, some people, that's the way. If you had to know my husband, you would have known that's the type of man he was strong, so he did not need to see him on his weakest, see him weak, you know. Because he was always a strong man, you know. He's a he's a soldier, and you know, like a EEO, um, like like an EEO officer assistant in the military, which took he took all his anybody's problems to the general inspector of the United States, and they would take that to the Supreme Court. So you know, he was that type of strong man. Then he did. He was also a school teacher, and he helped a lot of people, and encouraged a lot of people, and helped you know a lot of people make it through life. So he did not want me to see him at a weak point. Well, could you could you imagine why? Could you imagine well, why he would think that? Basically, you know, because he's always been that way. He's always been strong, and he's always been a leader, and he's always been the one for me. You know, I was always the one that was slack, and he was, you know, he was the provider and all, all this. You know, I lived my life, I made money and stuff, but. He was always the man, you know. Mm-hmm. I gave him the utmost respect, and I guess he wanted to keep it that way, you know. Okay. He didn't want to see me, you know. I overreact when it comes to love. Like, I wear my feelings on my sleeve, I guess you could say. And uh, he, knowing me, some things that, you know, if I saw a mouse in the house, you know, I had a terror of mice. If I saw a mouse in the house, he was the type of man that would tell my kids, if you if you see a like if you see a mouse in the house like the kids one day he came home he, they called their dad and said that um, there's a mouse in the house. And he okay, said, well what? let's I, let let let's, say, let's keep. I don't mean yeah. to I don't mean to uh you know to mm-hmm. to push in but I want to keep you yeah. focused over here about you because see all of what you're talking about would seem as that's what actually gave the stress of what you are were went through. And what we're yeah. wanting to know is what it did to you. You know, what did it do to you that caused you, which it caused you a stroke, thinking about, you know, all of everything. And then it, and when it, and all the stress and all the worry, and as you said, the, 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 the wearing the you know your feelings onto your onto your sleeve like that you know caused right. you to be in what we call a um, uh, 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 area of mental distress and you know your body to go through something basically off of what happened that ultimately caused you this stroke and so mm-hmm. and from what I'm listening to and from what you just got finished saying were all the components of, you know, of what happened to you, which narrowing it down was grave stress and depression, all that mixed mm-hmm. up in one and worried about your finances, all those things that caused your mm-hmm. body to go into a, a, a yeah. compulsive, no yeah. right, and no closure, mm-hmm. all of that. That's all that caused you to go through this uh, this the stress 
of what your body had went through with the distress of going into a stroke. And what we want to mm-hmm. find out is even if you didn't know it at that time, but now that you know, you know, what were some of those symptoms that you were feeling that led you to go into the hospital or who to give a call to, you know, to get the help to take you to the hospital. And those were the areas that is important because we want the, we want the listeners to know, you know, uh, what to look for now that you mm-hmm. are over that hump. And we don't want you to relive that to uh, cause another feeling of distress. <laughs> we just, you know what I mean? We just want you to feel. I know exactly what they're saying. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, we're trying to, I'm trying to bring it down some so that you can just talk on, you know, what you found out after you got in the hospital and what they do to you, you know, to bring you back to recovery. Okay. So you don't want to know what happened to me right before I, what I, I found out I had the stroke, how I was at home and what happened. You want me to just go into what happened after the hospital, like you don't want to talk about. Like, all I did was woke up and my hand was numb. I thought nothing of it. Right. That's that the piece. Right. Outside okay. of the other stuff about what, you know, the, the other, but what the hiccups at and all the of that. end yeah. there, uh, what happened, yes. Well, that's what I did. I basically went to sleep and woke up, and um, uh, I, my hand felt numb. You know, I had a tingling, like, and I was, like, trying to stretch my hand out, and I was like, ooh, my hand, I thought my hand was sleep. So I tried mm-hmm. to stretch it out and, and stuff and rub it, and it's kind of tingling a little bit. I was talking on my phone with my sister, and I told her, she said, well, girl, you don't think you had a phone? I said, I don't know. I went up to go use the bathroom, couldn't turn the light switch on. I couldn't find it, find, feel it on the wall. Couldn't feel mm-hmm. it. And no mm-hmm. film in it. You know. So I thought I was when? maybe coming down because I had been out earlier, but coming down with uh, like a cold or something because I said I had been out there. Right. You know, with this stuff going on, you think, well, maybe I done caught a bug, you know. Uh-huh. So I'm instantly ordered, you know, called someone else and bring me soup and stuff. And I basically, I got up. This is a strange thing. Is I got up, I made chicken and noodle soup. I washed clothes. I folded clothes. <laughs> I took the linen off my bed, washed that, washed dishes, made sure my house was tidy up in case I get sick because I thought maybe I'm going to get a bug, that I wouldn't have mm-hmm. to look at dishes in the sink or anything like that. And then I went back to bed. You know, right. after I did, I took a shower, I went to bed. And then mm-hmm. when I woke up like four in the morning, I noticed, you know, a little ringing in my head. Mm-hmm. Or they say buzzing in your head. And I felt like my arm was kind of like, it wasn't just my hand anymore. My arm was kind of limp. And right. my leg was like kind of limp a little bit. And that's mm-hmm. when I decided to push my home buddy, you know, thing that I wear. And I decided to... um call them and tell them, I believe I've had a stroke, and I got dressed and ready for the ambulance. Okay. Okay. And then once you got to the, once the ambulance got you to the hospital, what did they do to you on the way there, and what did they, you know, what did they, you know, uh, do to bring you back to recovery? What were some of the things? What did they say that you... Basically, is uh, take your vitals and ask you how you feel, you know, and stuff like that, and ask you 
what was you, what was you doing when you felt that? How you you know how did you arrive at this? And like like I told him, I felt this way. My window was closed. You got to remember this too. You have a window. When mm-hmm. my hands first started feeling like that, I should have called then. Mm-hmm. Okay, because you have a four hour window. Right. Okay. Then from that four hour window, you have like a twelve hour window, and then a twenty four hour window, and then there's nothing that they can do about it. Basically, I see. So you know, in in, so, in the um, point, are you are you are you there? You finish? Yes, I'm here. Go ahead. Okay. I'm, I'm, I'm just, I'm, um. Well, I wanted to ask. You know, you know, after you got into the hospital and they are doing all that they do to you know to bring you back to recovery, which we're happy about that. You know, you was mentioning when you reached out to me, you know, about the uh, about doing this 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 program, and that you know you felt like that there were some that you know didn't want you to talk about this. Talk a little bit about that. Well, Why were they when saying you, that? When you you know when you sometimes you have family. Family doesn't. It's not that they don't want you to talk about it. Some of them don't want to be. Uh, bombarded with calls or, you know, some people, like you say, you think, do you think they're concerned about you, but they're not concerned about you. They're just calling to be nosy. You understand what mm-hmm. I'm saying? And then they put everything else to it. So sometimes you say, just keep it under the cover. A lot of people want to sweep things under the cover. You know, like, like right. uh, you know, don't let nothing know that something happened to you. Then when you're dead, everybody's crying over you. Well, something uh-huh. inside of me told me that I got to tell my story. I don't care about what they think. People have known me for I don't know how many years and whatever, you know, however they feel or whatever they thought about me, that's their business, you know, because basically the one thing they can say is that I'm a good person. Okay, then right. It doesn't matter. They can't judge me, only God. And when it comes right. to life and death, Wendy, <laughs> it don't matter. It, it, it don't matter about cousins. It's you and God. Do you understand right. what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And I felt like I needed to tell my story. Because I possibly could help someone else that was going through the same thing. So it didn't matter yeah. to me, you know, what family said, what friends said, what nosy people was trying to find out and, you know, uh-huh. calling and, you know, acting like they're concerned. And all that went out the window. Right. To me, it was about life and sharing this story with someone to possibly help prevent it from somebody. It, it don't matter to me what anybody else thinks. Right. It's this time, my This is maybe a calling God has given me. Right. You know? So I, I'm mm-hmm. the one that has to deal with it. You know. So then, so then, you know, what is it that you want the people to know when you say don't hide your story? What is it that, and, and you know, when you're talking about, you know, helping other people with your story, but yet, you know, there's, you know, people that don't want you to really talk about it or, you know, sweeping stuff up under a rug. What would you like to, you know, say to the listeners that, you know, will need to hear this side of the truth, you know, of not hiding your story. Why you know? Well, like why you want to help people like that? You know what I mean? Because it's yeah. First of all, it's stressful to, to you know to hide your story because you know, like I said, when it comes to a situation like that, it comes down to the point where it's you and God. Your family can't save your life. You understand what I'm saying? You're right. dealing with the Lord. Okay. Mm-hmm. And then if you've got this stress on you about what somebody else is thinking, you know. 
when you say confess your sins and everything and take it to the Lord, you know, and put it on the table and talk. Right. Okay. And some, something in my whole heart told me to tell my story. It's going to be part of my healing. And don't wait to tell my story. Don't be embarrassed right. to tell us my story. Do you know, right. Wendy, that 50% of most African-American women are in line for stroke and don't even know it? They are more African-American uh, than most, most women. Do you understand what I'm saying? Yes. And that's a high risk. If you have somebody in your family that has had a stroke, if you have high blood pressure, obesity, or any kind of cardiovascular problem, you're on that list from a stroke from the age of 25. Mm. Mm. 25 years old. And most people, and here's the thing, I had a mini stroke and didn't know it. They didn't find it until they did the MRI uh, mm-hmm. a while back, you know, and they don't know exactly when it happened. But it, it starts with mini stroke, like a mini little, little like say an electrical thing in your brain. That goes off like that, you know. Yeah. You have many strokes all through your life, and you don't even know it. But you may get one that may clog that artery. See, that's what happened. My, uh, well, you, well, I guess that's going to be another topic, whatever. Yeah, but what that'd be another topic. Yeah. What the system was. Yes, and what about the 40%, uh, uh, you know, uh, of the women, you know, that can stroke out again? What's that all about? You know, now this is just to the African, um, out of all the women, the African women, you know, are on a on a half a percentage, you're mm-hmm. saying, uh, to having strokes. But mm-hmm. then there's 40% even with that, that people can stroke out again. Yeah, and, and, and the second time, you're, you're likely to die, or the third time. The first one is just a, a, a is a warning because uh-huh. you're stressing, you're not eating right, you're, you're a little bit overweight, you have right. already have a fam- the family uh, trait in your body. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, 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 you know. you, so the question would be: after the stroke and what the, and and the symptoms that you have, what was the feelings that you felt the most from? In my stroke. Yeah, you know, say you know, like after after you done recovered, you know, what were the symptoms you feel the most even after your recovery from it? What are some of the symptoms that you feel the most of, you know? Well, ironically, Wendy, first of all, I want to tell you that even though I had the stroke, I was I was one of the blessed ones. God did not let me feel some of the stuff that people feel. He he had his hand. That's why I know it was my it's my duty to say what I'm saying because uh-huh. I didn't have that. I didn't have the fever. I didn't have the you know, I didn't I didn't have the, the pain and stuff like that. Uh-huh. You know. Right. But after those I felt so much anxiety. I anxiety. felt something they call I don't know what the terminology is for, but I call it I call it uh <laughs> I matter of fact, I, I'm trying to get that out of my head that I can't even. I call it stroke phobia. Mm-hmm. Okay. Because for me, my biggest thing was that uh, um, once I knew that, well, when, when I found out that I really didn't have any symptoms, I just woke up that way. And then when I find learning stuff, and they said, do you have any tingling on your hand or itching? Or, you know, they kept asking me these questions. And so every time I get a little, if I get an itch, I'm thinking, oh, Lord, the stroke is coming back. And the biggest fear is when I found out that uh, after you have a stroke, you have a two-week window 
Okay. They really monitor you. That, right. Um, you're likely to have a seizure. Oh wow. Yes, ma'am. That was the scariest Ooh, thing. When they come to pads on my bed. Yes. They came in the room and they put these pads on, on the sides of my bed and I was like, What is this for? You know, and they said, Oh, for see, I said seizures, you know. And they said, Yeah, mm-hmm. he said and I said, So you mean to tell me now I'm gonna have a seizure? And they said, no, but there's a two-week window that you possibly can, it's possible that you can have a seizure and get another stroke because we don't know what damage has actually happened in your brain. Right, after the first stroke. that terrified me. Mm -hmm. Right. That terrified me. That's why I thought every little thing was another stroke coming on. Mm -hmm. And then you got to worry about blood clots. Right. And that scared wow. me because um, on my legs, I, did, I got my legs got these red, a uh, red spot that by my, my like, I guess some people call them shin splints or something, and it started mm-hmm. getting it was bright here, and so I thought I had broke vessels in my legs because they put these boots on you type of thing with uh that massages your legs while you sleep, which I didn't really want because I felt like I was chained to the bed. Yeah, you know, but you don't have to. You don't have to wear them, but you should wear them so you don't develop blood clots because we don't know if you have clots in your body. So this is why they're doing all this imaging to see if these you can have clots that's traveling through your body. You understand what right. I'm saying? Right. And some right. medicine is going to stop you from clotting. But you know, I, so I, when I saw my legs and I was trying to tell them and they couldn't tell because I, you know, the color of my skin until I take like when I take a shower you can really see it. But you know, the you know, by the color of my skin they couldn't tell or whatever. But I could tell. But you know, they couldn't convince me that there weren't blood clots, so I was worried about that too. And then you know, finally someone talked to me and explained it to me. And you know, after I kept saying something, I'm telling you people to look and it started getting bigger and bigger. That's when they noticed. And then, then when the doctor said, no, if he doesn't have any, the nurses knew what they were talking about. It didn't have any heat in it, in, a, in, a, in the area, and it wasn't swollen. Okay. See, that's another thing. If you have a blood clot, the area that you have a blood clot is going to be swollen, tender, and uh, warm. Okay. We're going to stop right there, and we're going to go on a break. And we'll be back to to finish where we just left off with the clot, okay? We'll be right back after this. Call in at 845-277-9302. That number again is 845-277-9302. And if you need to call and have something to say, please do. Leads back. 
given me everything and I'm sure giving you everything too. I'm so glad you all are here and wanted to make sure that you all know that this is a time that we should give thanks for another year for being here on this planet earth to do our part Mm -hmm. and what the Lord Mm has for us to do. So don't waste no time. Yes, if you want to call in at 845-277-9302, please do so, so that you are able to get a a chat in, a comment, a, a shout out, or whatever you choose to do. But until then, I am going on with the show. Welcome back. I am Lardy Miss Clardy, your host, and we're back with Winona Clardy. And we are talking on the subject on life after a stroke. And we left off with talking about blood clots and what they what they mean in a stroke. So, Miss mm-hmm. Noah, can you please go back and let's talk about that once more about the the uh, blood clots, what they cause and and why that that is a significant piece to look at as a part of, you know, um, the symptoms with strokes. Okay. Oh, well, thank God I didn't have any blood clots, except for the one that busted in my brain, which caused the stroke. Okay. Uh, but the thing is, uh, it, like you say, if you do have any kind of blood clot, like I say, uh, I mean, if you notice anything in there, like I say, those blood clots, you will feel it will be heat in them. Okay. Mm-hmm. First of all, there'll be heat in it, and and it'll, it'll be a swollen area, and so that's what they were looking for, and that's what I didn't know, and so that caused me a lot of anxiety just to see the color in my legs. But actually, my legs look like they're burnt. A little bit around by my ankles, it's a darker color. I've come to find mm-hmm. out it could have been from the therapy I was receiving. It could have mm-hmm. been like a. It could have been. Um, they also said it could have been a dermatitis from the. Sheets or or the stuff you know the material in the the leg um, you know the leg boats that they were putting on me you know right. so it's, it, it's, it's one thing it's just like a chain reaction it's just like a chain reaction hmm. okay and so like one thing leads to it you know if, if, that's what I'm saying this is why I had that fear of having a stroke again I didn't know what was going on with my body you know I'd already been tested you know like on my my readings. And that's another thing you go through a lot. You go, they're going to give you a test afterwards. Yes. To see, you know, find out what did this stroke affect. Right. Okay? And it, it could affect your, that's why I thank God. I know God was with me. It did not affect my speech. It, I did not get pneumonia because, you know, right. you, may not, you may not can even swallow after a stroke. They don't know when you right. eat food, they monitor to see if you can, they check all your food to see if you can even remember to swallow. Um, numbers, I couldn't write. I couldn't hold my hand up. I couldn't, you know, my, I had no feeling in my arm and stuff. I couldn't even lift my hand up, let alone mm-hmm. that. I felt that up when they came in and asked me to put a peg in a round circle, a, a, a you know, a peg 
in the round circle, in the square. Right. I couldn't do it. And that's when I broke down. I realized that you have some paralysis going on. And that mm-hmm. really, really, really scared me, you know. And I couldn't, you know, I was dragging my leg. I couldn't, you know. And it, it can get worse before it gets better. That's another right. thing, you know. Well, it, like I said, it got worse before it got better, you know, as far as my uh, ability to move. Mm-hmm. You know, and so you still have problems with it, aren't you? Right. That's why it was important to get right into therapy as soon as possible. As soon as they uh-huh. got your blood pressure down and, you know, got your fluids back and, you know, electrolytes and everything in order, you began to get, they start researching, you know, they they checked your heart, and then, you know, and all this other kind of stuff. Because, you know, I went through several, I went through like, it was excessive, I thought. Um, the donut MRI, two major MRIs, uh, electrocardiogram, um bubble test where they push air into your heart, uh, ultrasounds, uh, neurology type of things, and, Mm -hmm. you know, everything. You know, fortunately, you know, I was well taken care of. They, you know, well, I should, you know, fortunately I had some good insurance, okay, because some things they might have omitted, but if you have good insurance, they're going to try every test, and then I was a determined person. I was able to talk and advocate for myself. And ask yes. questions. You know, I can yes. say the worst thing: your mind is intact, but your body's not. And what happens when you have that stroke uh, in that area, in that um, systemic, what is called, it's called um, ischemic. It's ischemic area. Ischemic. Ischemic. It's in the front. That's what you had. That's what you had. Was an ischemic uh, so stroke. I know about. Yeah. And it okay. affects, um, yeah. And would you want to know all this too, or you want to wait on that? Um, this ischemic um, stroke, but it um, it's in, it was in my front, left, lower lobe of my brain. Okay. This affects your ability for. Uh, it can affect everything from speech to um, mobility. Mhm. Okay. Right. Luckily for me, I was just trying to say maybe it was. I, I could say I, I'm blessed because, like I say, I'm getting the feeling back. I got the feeling back in my hand, basically. That's but good. it's really, really, really. I couldn't even open and close my hand. I, could, I I couldn't pick my arm up. I had to take the other hand and lift it up. You know, because it didn't start off like that, but it got like that after a few days. And you know, like after three days. It was immobile, period. Okay, well, so, so what why they want the, you to do So what type of the rehabilitations the doctor are doing to help you recover? What what do they what kinds of rehabilitations do you do you undergo at this point now that you're away from the hospital and back okay. at home? Okay. Well first of all they test everything. They test your eyesight, they test your you know, your speech and everything. Once they narrow it down to where you are, where is your problem? Because you might have a little bit in a lot of areas and you might have partial and it may come and go. It's not, you know, it, it could be like, you may not, today you might remember something, tomorrow you might not. And then, you know, like you make it, for me, oh girl, it's just devastating. For me, it, it's like a, something was enhancing me, my ability to read 
fat, read through stuff like really fast and comprehend it. Yeah. And I yeah. don't know what that was coming from. But my, yeah. my body was weak though. My my leg, my 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 hand was the worst thing. I couldn't hold a spoon, you know, and stuff like that. Right. Or actually, you know, use the tissue. You know, what I'm saying in that area, I couldn't do stuff like that. So we had to. Once we learned that, we started our rehabilitation on strengthening. You know, getting my, being able to lift my arm and being able to just open and close my fingers. They gave me a ball. Just a, wasn't a ball. It was like a little heart, and I squeezed a piece of foam that I squeezed, and I, that became my best friend while I laid in that bed. Even in my sleep, I began to, you know, I'm thinking I'm squeezing this thing because I'd wake up with strength in my hand. And for for, for each finger, not just your hand, because you one thing you don't know is your finger and your thumb. If you lose the ability to use your, lose your, to use your baby finger, that's a very important finger on you that controls all grip and everything. And, mm-hmm. and that thumb, those are most important things. You still so, you use know. that? And while you're at home, do you still use that while you're at home? Yeah, I'm getting, yes, I do. I, 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 you know, yes, I use my tools, you know. It's just something simple where, you know, I, I practice this on a regular, and, you know, I can pick up things with my, I, and keep them in my hand a little while now and stuff. And as far as my legs, um, you know, they did stuff, to, you know, like the ball, weight, um, stretching, um, you know, this is, um, you know, uh, lifting your legs, just flexing your feet and heel, you know, your feet up and pointing your toes up and down or lifting your right. legs. Or if you can't lift your leg, lift it yourself, just the actual, just the movement to go on. If you have to lift it yourself, so they may give you rubber bands or something where you can lift your own leg or lift your own arm with your good arm. And all this is the beginning of rehabilitation, especially in the beginning. And see, what I found out is this was the most important thing of all, that my brain wasn't connected to my body. That area of that brain that had been, the clot had busted in, it took away any memory of the, the part affected me. That part actually affected my hand and stuff. I had to tell my hand, Winona, if a saver and seller want to pick up my, my, uh, a pen off the table, I look at this pen and I, I, I'm, I can see it there and I'm reaching for it, but my hand is knocking everything over on the table. This is how bad it is. And I'm trying to say it's right there, but I can't get it. So the lady comes, she told me, this is what you have to do. She said, you have to visual, you have to train your brain. Your brain is not connected to your body. It does not know what to do. She said, so tell yourself, when I'm, this is a pen. And I actually had to talk myself through it. Well, no, this is a pen. Now touch the pen. Now, Winona, put your fingers around the pen. Mm-hmm. Now, lift the pen up. Now, bring the pen over to your body. And that's how it began my recovery. So tell you had myself. to tell yourself bit by bit, you know, it's like a detail. You had to talk to your brain as in detail what to do. You just couldn't just look like at it and just do it. Hmm? Right. It's like actually trying to teach a little baby how to do something, like to hold the cup, baby. Put your hands around it, squeeze it, hold it. I had to 
do this through all through the day for everything that I wanted to do. And then, and once that brain, the brain has, it can restore itself. So, you know, wherever the brain is messed up at, there's another part that will take over for that and suffice for it and, you know, or make another part work where things will kind of work in order. Or sometimes something in your brain will click because I couldn't write my name. I couldn't, first I couldn't hold a pen, and then when I could hold a pen, well, your your, your weak side that you never use like your left side, my left side became better. I started doing my left hand, eating with my hand, writing with my left hand and everything. Your brain is wonderful. And so mm-hmm. then to train my other side, you know, the left side affects the right side of the brain, the stuff on there. So I could use the right side. If a stroke would have been on my right side, I wouldn't be able to use my left hand. So I started mm-hmm. just learning to do things with my left hand. And then when I'm talking to my brain and telling my right side what to do, that's what I started doing when I picked up. But something miraculous happens in your brain. Once you start exercising these, these, these nerves in your brain again, stuff starts happening. And you can be, it, it's not like, it's, your brain doesn't remember because it's been shorted out, say like that. Right. And then right. all of a sudden, you can just be there and you might start pick up, once you do be able to pick up a pen and you start to make a number or something, all of a sudden you, you, you're trying, you can't do it. It's really hard. And then something in my brain would click, like something clicked right. on, like click. And I would just right. start writing, you know, but I didn't, I don't write like I used to. I, I was writing in blocks, perfect blocks. Hmm. My name, I'm mean, okay. not, you know, like, yeah, you know, like perfect um, print, but block style. Everything was precision. And right. Then, so what did? So so what is your goal? You know, to stay healthy after having a stroke. What is your goal? You know, in 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 staying healthy after you have gotten you know, a, a better and you're back at home and you, and you're now on, on the movement of what we call the recovery piece. Now that you're at home, what is your goal to stay healthy? It's not to have enough, <laughs> not to have it's another a, stroke for one thing. Well, well how a, you going to know, well, how you know, how you know that you ain't going to never have one? What, what are the, what are the, what are the things you're going to do to not have this stroke again. Yeah. See, that's the thing is you don't know. So all you can do is try to prevent it. So you mean any preventive measures that I've learned about? No, or, or, or what you've learned in, in having uh, about your yeah. emotions. You see what I'm saying? Because your emotions. Well, you make a plan. Like my, you know, in order for what I, the thing I think would help me is first of all, not to let people upset me. If it's if it's if it's too hot in the kitchen, get out of it. Basically, <laughs> I'm talking about conversation-wise, relationship-wise, um, you know, just anything basic. Monona, right. you don't have to do this. You decide whether you want to do it or not. You decide whether you're going to let somebody go upset, stay in a conversation with a person long enough, or you're going to be upset. You kind of right to get off of that phone when you're talking to somebody, or when somebody's saying something to you, you have a right to say, "Well, I can't deal with this right now. Can we talk about it later?" You know, mm-hmm. or something like that. And put yourself right. in situations where people don't have your best interest, and just if right. you really don't, you can't remember. Just say you can't remember. Don't bust your brain trying to remember something. You right, because that can lead to stress. Just let it go. It may come to you later, and maybe it won't. And if it don't, maybe you'll relearn it, or maybe it's not for you to remember. 
Okay. But the most important so piece is is the goal of what not to do to cause yourself yes. to go into one of those again. And we know that one mm-hmm. of those that was very, very hard on you is losing a loved one and how you mm-hmm. have to have a pro- different perspective of thinking, you yeah. know, in the face of that and, and get mm-hmm. a hold of your emotions. And as you yeah. know, that's, you know, because I think that is where you, where, where, where that was a yeah, real hard. Oh, definitely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And you just have to, well, you got to remember that we're born to die. And, you know, like you yep. say, out of the body, if you're a Christian, is is the presence of the Lord. So I suggest, first of all, you keep your life straight. You know, make that decision, to, you know, to choose the, the higher power that you choose or whatever. But for me, it's Jesus. And I'm not telling somebody else to do it. I'm just saying. Another thing is that you have to eat better. And see, I'd already started that journey before because I knew I had high blood pressure. But, I, of, course, yeah. of course, I still wonder. Sometime from time to time, you 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 are allowed to treat yourself from time to time. But basically, it, you got to figure: is it really worth it? You know. And if you can lose some weight and keep your weight down, that's another good thing. And if you can yeah. practice on that, you know. Because really, I found out one thing. <laughs> I found out they gave me so much food. They, they they told me to eat. They bought so much anything I wanted in the night or whatever. And I said, well, I, I should be worried about this. But in the beginning. You need all that nutrition. You need to eat nutrition. And so I found out that everything that I wanted to get, because you need good nutrition, okay? So for mm-hmm. those first few weeks, you know, I was like, nah, I got to worry about getting those pounds off of me. They said, worry about that later. Don't worry about nourishment. So nourishment is very important. Are you right. eating? Are you getting enough vitamin D? Are you getting enough, you know, vitamin C? Are you getting all the electrolytes and stuff that you need? Are you drinking enough water? That's going to be important. Mm-hmm. So, so that I, is I your goal. Yes, to live healthier, to live healthier. Learn to say no to the sugar, which I'd already done. But learn to, you know, you know it's no good for you. And know you're the drama. You know, you're gonna, you, you, you may miss it for a minute, but it's, it's really easier than what you think. You know, what, it's, it, it's an addiction. You know, it's an addiction. Mm. Food is an, mostly an addiction. Are you eating? Uh, you can say that again because it is hard. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? After you yeah. then got off track eating what you want to yeah. eat, yeah. So that's why you ask yourself: Are you living to eat? Are you eating to live? And if you find out that you you living to eat, then you're gonna be you gonna have a whole lot of problems. But you eat to live, you're gonna eat less of the stuff that you don't need. And All right. Soon you don't well, miss it. When you start eating right, you you, you 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 really when you eat something you're not supposed to eat, your body's automatically going to tell you. Right. So you well, don't want to miss it before a minute. Yeah. Well, so what do you want to tell the listeners to understand and get from your story? What I'm what I want to tell the listeners is that um, some things you can change, and like they say, if you think that you can change, change it. It's a little saying in the Bible, whatever. But if you what you can't change. It's nothing that you can do about it. But the things mm-hmm. that you can change to, to help you live a better life and, 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 and stop you from stressing and, you know, if it's in your control, control this. It's not, then there's nothing that you can do. You take, like I say, take take all that to the God, first and foremost. To me, that's what I feel like. You know, I don't want to do nothing else in my life 
making a major decision without, you know, first consulting Jesus. No, I mean, that's just me. You know? Right. And because I know who stood by my side. You know, mm-hmm. I know who kept me and I know what could have happened, you know. And that's one of the biggest fears of where I could be or where I could go. And then when you think like that, what's more, what's more important? You want to live or you want to die? Right. That's right. Okay, you want to live or you want to die? Ask yourself. And that, you want to live or you want to die? That's right. And you come that's back to right. why you did since you got, you think you came back, you think you survived for it to be just about you? No. You survived so you can help other people. You have a purpose in life. You have got to help. You have got to give back. You have got to tell your story. That's right. And don't and don't let nobody get on your nerves. Don't let nobody get on your nerves. Learn to say Mm -hmm. no, you know, Uh to things that could that could upset Mm -hmm. you. Exactly. And what for you is for is for you. Nobody else Mm -hmm. can understand it. But if it gives you peace of mind, that's between you and your your high power. Right. Then you know it's for you. No. Well, that was some good stuff right here. I really appreciated this. You know, I mean, if the, you know, the hearers that were here and is here to listen and that will listen to this afterwards, you know that you can download this uh, recording because this is being recorded and it's live. So you can download it, uh, share it with your friends or tell others to come and listen to the show on uh, the show of uh, www.blogtalkradio.com forward slash Lardy Miss Clardy. That's where you could find it. And, you know, and just know that this particular story that's being told is from a, a woman, a young woman here that, you know, is full of life. And she's coming here to tell you all that she lived through what could have taken her out of here from just basically, you know, trying to cope with life, you know, and her, her, her uh, point of, of almost no return was from just her, you know, her family, majorly her husband who she hadn't uh, had a chance to uh, say goodbyes to or to have any closure and was wondering about his soul and, you know, and was crying because she had some regrets, and we all do. But the point that she comes on to the show to give of herself to show that it didn't have to be, God didn't have to allow her life to, be, to have gone any further. If that stroke would have took her out, she would not be here to share That's her right. story. Regardless of what other people may feel and think, you know, sharing your story is the most important thing to help you uh, recover from all of the things that you have been through. It is a healing factor. Some people don't want to talk about their story because they think that, you know, don't nobody want to hear it or that is just too much, you know, and that I'm embarrassed, Mm -hmm. but that's only because you haven't overcome, you know, the fears or overcome, you you haven't faced the people that you, you could have faced in order to come and bring this out. But even if you have not faced them, you still can do this because it's a 
as a healing property that comes with telling your story because mm-hmm. you have no idea how many people can glean and be thankful to have someone like yourself to come and talk on something that they may be going through that they're afraid to talk about, you know, and they can only get it through hearing your story and you have healed someone's mm-hmm. soul. That's right. Well, Nona, I want to give God grace, grateful, thankfuls, you know, for allowing you to live, to be able to tell this, this beautiful story, which is a true story because you just yeah. came from out of the hospital. God didn't have That's to allow right. you to live. And no matter what anybody had said against you coming to talk about your life, your story, and to help others, you did a beautiful, a beautiful thing. And you may not know it, but you have helped not just only those that are out there that may be listening, but for me too. Because, you know, at mm-hmm. the end of the day, me being a, 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 a victim of heart attack, you know what I'm saying? I, it's, mm-hmm. still, it's still in the cards that yes. it can happen to me if I allow myself yes, to have stress. Because heart attacks come from stress. You know what I'm saying? Yes. And mm-hmm. also the other factors of listen having high blood pressure and all listen that. Listen to your warning signs. Yeah. Listen to your yes. warning signs, people. Warning signs. Something that your body don't normally be doing, you know what I'm saying? And it's and it's giving you uh, you know, uh warning signs, even when it comes to your rest, quit fighting. Even your hiccups. To rest. Even your hiccups. <laughs> if you starting to have hiccups and didn't have them before, those are warning signs. Mhm. Yeah. Some sometimes it can be, but keep an eye on yourself, you know. Miss Winona, I am blessed to have you on this show talking about this subject. You know what I'm saying? I'm sure that there's a lot of people that, you know, have gotten a lot out of this. And I just want to give God thanks for you. Thank you. Anything else that you would like to say? Is there anything else that you would like to say? Yes, I just want to say it's really important to I want people to know that there's a lot of people out there that have had strokes that don't know they've had strokes and, 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 and uh, don't want people to know that they have, they've had strokes. But you don't have to mm-hmm. be embarrassed about it. That's, that's really important. Talk about it. Right. Because um, I didn't even know I had had a stroke. Take, take, you know, get your checkups. Get your checkups. It's important. That's right. You know, Very important. You can, if you can Find some kind of way to go, you know, at least an annual checkup if you can or a biannual or something. Cardiologist. It can save your life. Mm-hmm. It, it can yep. save your it life. Cardiologist. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. It can save your life. And, and like I say, just, you know, you know, I'm just thankful. I am thankful. I know you are. Wendy, I could have been blind, crippled, or crazy now. And it's just amazing. And, and like I said, the reason I knew I needed to tell my story is because even the people in the hospital, the doctors and stuff, said, I cannot believe that you, the way that you are and the major stroke that you had like that, that you're able to, you know, your mind is so keen. You, you, you know, you're blessed. You got your lifestyle. If you was doing anything you had no business doing, you need to stop it. Yep. And mm-hmm. basically that's and so it. If you, indulge, if you indulge or anything, 
you're going to have another one, and this one here might really take you out. Well, we don't want that yeah, to happen. Make sure that you're yeah. careful about that. Yes, I well, am. I, I, I'm sure of that. Yeah. Alcohol, mm-hmm. drugs, any of that fun stuff. If you're doing it, you need to leave it alone or you do it. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Telling you. Well, uh, that's, so that's my that's, story. And I'm okay. <laughs> I want to uh, thank you again for coming on to this show and sharing your story. And for that that wonderful story, we're going to give an applause and cheers for you coming. And we want to oh. say thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Yes, and if there's anything else that, you know, you have friends or anyone that have stories that they need to come forth and help someone, let them know about me, this platform is for anyone that want to uh, share their story and help someone. It's all educational and it can be fun too. And definitely, you know, when it comes to education, ain't nothing like life experience, right? You know, with things, with that to say, when you have went through life experience and it has changed you and you're ready to help someone become better and better than you and you put it out there to help other people. You're doing a good service in the Lord. Mm-hmm. I want to thank you for coming mm-hmm. on to Lardy Miss mm-hmm. Clardy and company on blog talk radio. Thank you again for your story, Miss Winona. Mm-hmm. Well, as you have, as have heard, you have heard from the horse's mouth, here, Miss Winona Clardy, right? And that's all we have for now. And I'll be back with more shows. Just stay tuned. I want to thank you for listening in. And I am your host, Lardy Miss Clardy, on Lardy Miss Clardy and Company on BTR. Happy New Year. Stay healthy and safe. And prayers is up. Everyone have a good, good year this year. Good resolutions to stay healthy and safe. Happy New Year 2023.